John Quincy Adams once said, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. My guest for today is Gerard Natlock. He is a talent and organizational development consultant, a certified dare-to-lead facilitator and trainer, a certified life coach, and also a TEDx and keynote speaker. On today's episode, we talk about what it takes to be a leader. Hi, my name is Onoha Thomas and you're listening to the Unleash the Self podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you rediscover yourself, build your self-confidence, your self-esteem and your net worth so that you can become unstoppable and go after what you want in life. Thank you very much for taking out time to spend with me. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's um, it's an honor. I've actually been looking at your post yeah, and everything, and truly, um, I've been quite inspired, and I'm actually impressed. And I, that's why I felt that your knowledge will really be impactful for not just me alone, but also my audience. You know, I live in this part of the world where things aren't really going that well for a lot of people, especially millennials, because my focus are usually on millennials. And I look for ways to, you know, make them understand life better and also draw meaning from their struggles and also create an impact in their personal life. So, and... I happened to stumble upon your TEDx talk also, and it was quite inspiring looking at what you overcame and also the journey you took towards personal development. I felt that your story will be quite inspiring for a lot of us also who are trying to draw meaning out of life and everything. I don't know if you can hear me very well. Yeah, I can. And you can understand my accent. Oh, yes, definitely. So, okay. No, it's it's great. I appreciate uh I appreciate those words. And, and, you know, one of the things that I really appreciated was seeing uh, the work that you do and, you know, the type of leader that you are uh, working with millennials um, and uh, just the passion, the passion for helping others. I always like to connect with people who really are trying to help others uh, in some form of growth and development. And, uh, you know, I'm glad uh, that you had the opportunity to watch the, the TEDx talk as well. That was a, a unique experience and uh, one that, um, you know, kind of morphed in different ways too. So I'm, I'm excited about talking today. Okay, thank you very much. So let's just get right into our discussion for today, okay? So sure. um, I would just like to ask you the first question. What really inspired you towards this personal development journey, towards this passion for helping others grow in life? Yeah, thanks for asking that as it's uh, something that I really connect to as my purpose. And so I really wanted to, I thought be a a teacher of some sort, but I wasn't sure. And I went into the Air Force and really with a a mindset of professional development that, hey, I know some people are in the Air Force. I know that it's an opportunity uh, for growth and development and they were paying for education. 
And when I got in the Air Force, one of the things that I found you could do was do what's called a special duty assignment, where I went in the Air Force to work on computers. And I, I liked computers, but my passion was working with people. And so I found out that uh, just before I'd hit two years in the Air Force, uh, that I could apply for a special duty assignment to be an instructor. And I jumped at the opportunity and I spent almost the last four years uh, in the Air Force being an instructor and connecting with people. And I loved it. I've been doing it since then. I'm coming up on about close to 16 years wow. of doing, you know, some sort of facilitation, training, um, speaking. And through that time, I have just continued to invest in myself with the intent of, hey, as I'm investing myself, I can help invest in others. I can open up opportunities as a coach, as a mentor, and have done that in multiple ways uh, in organizations, outside of organizations. But really, if, if somebody is there and they say, hey, I want to grow and develop, I'm looking for this, I'm going to jump at the opportunity to help them. Uh, because uh, if they see that, hey, I've got that potential and maybe I don't know the path to take, but I'm trying to explore it and I can help in any way, that is what I'm connected to. Because the big thing is helping people take that action. There's yeah. so many people, they, they hear something inspiring and they say, oh, I really love that, but I don't necessarily know the path. And, and I was in that, that same bucket for a, a period of time where like, this is great and this is great, but I don't know how to take it and, and grow from it. And I had some really great teachers and mentors along the way that helped me, that showed me how to do that and uh, help me find my own journey and path. And so uh, that's one thing that I look for. If someone's got an interest and an awareness and says, I wanna do something with this, but I'm not sure how, uh, I'm you know, trying to help them any way I can uh, just uh, because I've seen so many people through personal development grow beyond their limiting beliefs, you know, yeah. beyond what they thought they could do. And it's just such a cool experience to see. Okay, that's nice. So what's, what was your defining moment in life? What's really, what was your defining moment to take this path? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And it goes back to the, the TEDx that you had mentioned with yeah. uh, uh, Hurricane Katrina. And so when I was an instructor in the Air Force, I had been there for right about eight or nine months. And Hurricane Katrina came through the Gulf Coast and uh, my wife and I, we uh, we lost our home. We lost our, our house. You know, all basically all of our material possessions we had lost. And I had the opportunity to leave. And I'd only been there eight months. And they were allowing people to relocate. And I thought about it. And I thought, wow, it'd be much easier to be closer to family right now, to be in a more comforting environment. And I also thought, but why did I come here? You know, I came here and, and I just started learning about adult education, about how I could help people in different ways from a development aspect. And so I stayed and I stayed and had the opportunity to help the community, had the opportunity to learn for an additional three years from some wonderful people and found that growth in the great people that were around me. And what that was, was truly a defining moment of, hey, this is what I want to do. And yes, this is a tough moment that I'm going through right now. But, you know, don't lose sight of why I came because there's probably going to be many more tough moments, but I came yeah. here for a purpose and I want to continue that purpose. And had I left, I would have went back to working on computers and wouldn't have been able to get that experience that gave me that next role. And 
who knows where I'd be today. Uh, you know, I, I still think I always had that passion for working with people. There probably would have been a different route, but it would have came in, in a, you know, a different uh, time period versus uh, the opportunities that I had and the experiences that I've had since then have been absolutely awesome. And it's taught me to really be mindful of how can we set and own our reality. Sometimes we're thinking, oh, this just happened or that just happened. And the reality is it may happen, it may not happen, but how do we work to make something like that happen so we can step into it? And so that's what that moment really taught me. Great question. Wow, that's good. So for anyone who's going through challenges in life, trying to find their path, trying to overcome their challenges, what would you say to them? Being someone that's gone through your own challenges, what would you say to someone else who's trying to navigate through life, who's trying to overcome their own challenges? What would you say to them? Yeah, that's, you know, really uh, insightful question and, and one that I've thought a lot about and, and talked with others about. And what I would say is, it's really important to know our values. What do we value and, and do yeah. some, some exploration with that? Because our values are something that regardless of what we have, they're, they're ours. You know, we can lose those materialistic things. That's something yeah. I learned during Hurricane Katrina. But, but those values are, they're inside us. They're what we hold to. And I, through a period of my life, I worried about judgment from others. You know, I, I sought validation. Like, hey, if I do this, then they'll accept me for this. And yeah. if I work towards this, then, you know, I'll have this opportunity with, with and, and I realized I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And so what I would say to others is hold to your values, because during those times I look back and my values wavered at times, they were there when it was convenient. Uh, but what I found is, is what I thought was my values weren't truly my values. And after doing some exploration, I found my true values that I, I won't allow to waver. And they pull you through in those tough times. They keep yeah. you connected to your purpose, your intent, and that drive, that drive when you want to say, hey, I really want this, but it's hard and I'm ready to stop. And knowing that, no, you know, this may not have went as planned. There may be some more failure ahead. But if I really want this, I'm going to work towards it. Anybody that knows me knows that. I've had people share that. And it's great to hear. But but at the end of the day, you know, I, I respect it. I appreciate it. But I, I've, I really learned to have that that sense of inner peace of, hey, I'm doing this for me and for those that I that I care about. But I know that ultimately, you know, this is connected to my values and I want to make this uh, continue this drive. And so it's no longer for the validation. Yeah. Uh, but truly connected to that purpose to help others grow and develop and inspire them to take action. And so those that are looking for that to say, hey, where are my values? How can I keep pressing forward? And we never know. We never know when that next step is yeah. maybe going to be another failure or that's that big success moment, you know, that yeah. breakthrough. Yeah. And so that's what I would say as people are on their journey to really stay connected to their values. That's there. That's yours. And, uh, you know, make sure you're doing that self-reflection. Are you doing this for yourself or are you doing it for a different type of validation? And when it's, you know, for yourself, that, that personal passion and growth, as long as it's, it's healthy, as far as a well-being perspective, continue yeah. to move forward. Wow. That's good. So talking about values, okay, for a lot of people who don't know their true values in life, 
is there a quick way or like a methodology whereby someone can use to define their values to know what's really important for them let's say someone who's confused and they don't really know it they 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 are confused about what their values are and all that is there like a method someone can use to actually get to know their values in life so that they can go after what they want yeah there's a lot of different ways that i've seen out there uh the method that that i probably use the most or the process that i've used as a coach with people yeah. is first asking that that question because so often people jump into oh these are my values yeah. and maybe they have experiences where they hear this word and they say well i like that word i want to be associated with that word mm -hmm. but that's not really your your, your value and uh, i encourage people to say okay instead of saying your values take a step back and start questioning and saying okay what are the defining moments for me mm -hmm. who am i truly at my best and and making sure you're answering those questions for yourself and not necessarily others because uh, there's times where i've shared my values and and someone will say well you know that word doesn't really resonate with me that's okay it doesn't have to resonate with them and and there was a time where i'd say "Ooh, that that value doesn't sound exciting let me find that word that that sounds exciting and it, it wasn't and so in searching those values seeking what are the questions that resonate with you how does it connect to your purpose and taking some time to truly self-reflect and, and go through what were those defining moments what were those moments where I was happy where I felt that I was at my best and others may have not thought I was at my best, but for, for me, I, I know where I was at in that moment and really going through that, that process of, of uh, searching. And, and it's always great too. If, if you're saying, I just can't put a, a word on it. There's a lot of different values lists out there. Yeah. Look and see. And if you really went through that, that questioning process, and really seeking out those defining moments, that word usually jumps out. And one of the things that I found too is most people really only have about one to three values. Okay. Uh, sometimes they'll list six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when it comes to those defining moments where we said we're not going to let our values waver, it's usually about one to three values. And and you know, I've learned that there's there's another value that that you know, it's close to being there. I'd say it's my fourth, Okay. but I know it's, it wavers at times. It's not where I want it to be. And so sometimes if, if we do value something and it's truly a value, we have to do further growth, further exploration to yeah. get there and to say, okay, this is a value that I put in the time, effort, and energy to really realize this is a value and I'm not going to waver in it. And so I have one that, that, you know, I continue to work on. Um, but, uh, but, but that that time of exploration, that time of of questioning in the reflection and looking at how does that connect to that purpose in those defining moments uh, is one of the ways. There's some there's some great ways out there from different thought leaders who have explored the values yeah. uh, that I've seen that work really well. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I when you were talking, I heard you um, said about when you were starting off you were worried about what people think about you and also trying to just please people and as as a leader and as a leader leadership consultant i 
don't you it's it's a problem right most people have because it stops a lot of people from going after what they want so as someone who has grown up to this extent how do you think we should deal with this thing of worrying about what people think about us and what they will say about us as leaders how should we deal with these thoughts yeah it's a big thing that that comes into play and it comes into play in so many aspects of worrying about the judgment yeah. and it would be so awesome if understand and, and leading with curiosity instead of where we oftentimes will go to judgment based off of what we've been taught what preconceived mm -hmm. notions that we have and that was a big thing I had to work on when I was going through my coaching certification was truly learning to seek to understand and withhold judgment. And yeah. people that have worked with me, sometimes they, they know I'll, I'll be saying something and I'll say, you know what? I'm sorry about that. I need to, to start from the beginning. I'm in judgment right now. I want to get back to curiosity. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently I, I have a, a, a book that's uh, uh, going to be coming out soon and it's called Becoming a Peaceful Power Leader. Yeah. And one of the big things that's in there is how do we set known our reality and really through staying curious and making sure that we're working with facts, what do I actually know to be true in this instance? Because oftentimes we'll put the judgment in even before yeah. someone may say something and we take it and we run with it and we add all these false narratives yeah. when in all reality, we only know this to be true. And so, you know, that's something that, that I encourage people to challenge their narratives. And if they feel as though they, they don't know where they stand with someone, because sometimes in the workplace, it is important to uh, be able to get that feedback to ask for it. If you're unsure, I regularly ask people for feedback. And I also ask for clarification sometimes if I'm working on a project say, hey, what's the metrics around this? I want to make sure I understand what success looks like from that person's perspective. Because one thing I found is you can set expectations as clear as you'd like. Yeah. But if you communicate one way and you love you know, metrics and data, uh, quantitative results, and I communicate another way and like qualitative results, we both may be saying the same thing, but have different expectations. And so how do we make that as clear as possible so that if they're giving me feedback, I am able to accept it openly. I'm able to go at it from a place of, hey, this is coming from positive intent and, and be curious with it instead of what happens sometimes by our nature is to be defensive. And, and we're bringing in that judgment because we've added a false narrative to that story. And so I think that's a big piece is, is just trying to remain curious, trying to remind ourselves that, hey, if someone's willing to give me feedback, mm -hmm. they're willing to take that time how do I look at it as positive intent? What can I take from it? And not lose sight because so often we'll get 90 to 95% positive feedback and then we'll get, you know, five to 10% that was hard to hear. And what do we focus on? on you know, we focus on this, right? Yeah. Instead of the whole picture and saying, this was great. Yeah. Okay. This I can work on and move forward and not being caught up in that, that, that 10%. So. So great question. Yeah. So how how does vulnerability play part in all this? Yeah, vulnerability is such a big piece, and and we're seeing it uh, from an organizational development perspective. We're seeing it in the workplace more and more that leaders are looking for it uh, because associates are looking for it. You know, employees mm -hmm. they're looking for it in different workplaces, 
And they're looking for the leaders that show up as, as true human beings yeah. and remembering because yes, you know, in, in the workplace, we have policies, we have procedures and they're there for different reasons, yeah. but it doesn't mean we have to lose sight that, Hey, there's a human being right in front of me and I'm a human being. Yeah. And there are times that this person's going to struggle or that person's going to struggle. Uh, I was so thankful in uh, March of 2019, my son had a, a massive seizure and he had to be intubated and he was uh, flown by a, a plane, a life flight to a children's hospital. And I can tell you that the days leading up to that, my best at work was very different than my best when I came back to work once my son was uh, having a, a different treatment plan and he was doing much better and he was discharged. And I was so thankful because I was struggling and I had yeah. a wonderful leader who allowed me to be vulnerable, allowed me to share. And she shared in that vulnerability to say, hey, what do you need and how can I help? And I still had to be accountable to the work that I had to accomplish. But, yeah. you know, the flexibility of saying, hey, leader, I need, you know, these times off as we adjust to this new schedule and allowing me to still get the work done in different times. And those were difficult conversations because yeah. it was new territory and getting used to his new routine and, and, you know, just a different process. And so I think vulnerability comes in all forms, shapes and sizes and uh, being open, truly being, you know, present with people yeah. and looking for, for authenticity and what we're listening to and how we're going to see it more and more in workplaces as the generation that's coming into the workforce, they expect it. You know, they're growing up in an environment where they're seeing it more and more, where it's becoming a healthy thing. I remember having a, a leader years ago that was talking and, and I said, that sounds like vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was a bad word to this leader. <laughs> no, that's not vulnerability. You know, they, they were looking at it as, as weakness. Yeah. And I just don't think that that's the norm. I mean, it still exists in workplaces today, but I don't think it's going to be the norm down the road five, 10 years from now that that vulnerability will be looked at as weakness, but instead vulnerability will truly be looked at as a strength and, sure. and a leadership competency uh, that we hope to see. Yeah, I truly resonate with what you say. You know, in this part of, I know it also happens over there where we see men as supposed to be strong, supposed to be in a certain kind of way. And we are, we are all taught that you're not supposed to show weakness, that showing weakness only portrays that you are either incompetent or whatever. So that's why most people tend to just fake it, okay? They just try to fake it and pretend, um, pretend what they are not. And for me, Personally, I've had opportunities in my life where I tend to hide my true authentic self because of that fear of judgment, that fear of criticism. That's why I asked the initial question, how do you deal with the thought of what people would say about you and how vulnerability has a part to play in it? Because whether we like it or not, it's all about being our true authentic self. And leadership is all about being true to yourself and understanding your values, like you rightly said. So thank you very much, Jared. So as a leader and a leadership consultant, so far, what has your journey taught you about leadership, especially in dealing with young leaders? What has it taught you about leadership? 
leadership is hard. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a very if if we're willing to embrace it with our our true authentic self and and helping others, yeah. it's it's lots of times a very selfless role, and and sometimes it may even feel thankless at at times that it's hard. Those days are tough, yeah. and and I always admire leaders because you you are often leading others who uh, they're they're trying to bring their best selves, they're trying to help others. Uh, but but they may be in a role that's an individual contributor role. So they're mm-hmm. focused on that. That is their their mindset of that's the most important thing. And as a leader, you may have 15, 30, 50, then, you know, how many ever numbers that you're also trying to accomplish what the organization is, is asking of you and serve these people who are so thankful to have your, your time and trying to balance that and and figure out okay which is is partly what what led to my journey of of ultimately exploring and writing becoming a peaceful powered leader because i was seeing it in these leadership seminars and workshops that i was leading i was seeing it with coaching clients and i saw it in myself as a director and a vice president where i wanted so badly to serve these wonderful people and help them with their goals with their development and at the same time, take care of the, the metrics that the organization was asking for. And oftentimes feeling like, oh, my goodness, this is a sink or swim environment. Am I going to make it through today? And, you know, thinking there has to be a better way. And, uh, you know, what I found was there truly is a better way and some things that we can do that, that certainly take investment and take time. It doesn't make it easier, but it gives us a different type of peace. And so leadership is, it's a difficult thing if, if we're really working towards it, because it is trying to bring our best to these individuals in their growth, be there for them, having to be vulnerable at times in, in making those connection points, bringing our best to what the organization is asking for. And at the same time, through all that, making sure that we're holding to our values. And I've seen that sometimes where a leader will struggle, they've shared on their path. Yeah. because they're making a compromise here and they're making a compromise here and, and it's taking them away from uh, further away from what they had hoped for. And so uh, one example that I heard years ago from a individual, this was a person who was a, a professor of a, of a MBA, a master's in business administration program. And he said, leadership, when we look at a 365 day calendar year, it Lots of times for a new leader, they think they're walking in and, and it's a beautiful, shiny sports car. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, the reality is we as a leader, we see that sports car maybe 12 to 14 days a year. And the other, you know, 340, 350 days, we see, you know, just a, a beat down, barely working car <laughs> that, you know, seems like it's on its last leg. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's what it is. And we still come back to it and we still get excited because yeah. we see those people succeed and we say, yep, today was another tough day. That yeah. car rough. <laughs> but look at what happened over here and look at what happened over here. And so leadership is uh, tough, but it's also so rewarding. Yeah, I, I guess it's all about the joy it brings when you see people progressing, the joy it brings when you see people discovering themselves and making meaning for themselves. I think that's the joy that leadership brings. And in as much as it's hard, 
but seeing that progress in other people brings the joy and gives you that that motivation to keep trying and keep pushing yourself forward yeah so but what do you think why is it that to some extent people aren't really embracing leadership roles people aren't really bringing themselves forward to engage in leadership roles what what do you think is the problem um you know as far as uh if uh, them not wanting to or mm-hmm. or th- them wanting to which route like people just avoiding it, like not wanting to. Um, I, I think you know it, it's it's a big piece that that uh, we see so much of perfection, mm-hmm. you know, and and with social media today is a great example. You see this wonderful video yeah. that someone produced, and we see it right in front of us, and we're like, oh my goodness, that's amazing, yeah. and we say, oh, I'd like to get to that point. And we don't necessarily get to see the work that it took to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And so in our mind, we're thinking, I can't do that. I'm not even close to that. So I'm not going to try. And I'm safe and I'm okay here. Let me just continue this route. And I think it's so important that, that we talk more and more about that. One of the things that I share on a regular basis, and again, going back to the question about judgment yeah. If people judge me, that's okay. But I share my failings all the time that, yeah. Hey, yeah. I screwed up and, and I do it on a regular basis. Now, you know, yeah. I, I've become more aware of it. Right. Yeah. But it, it happens. And I try to, to share that because I want people to know, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I continue to be a work in progress. And let me tell you, I did this, did this, did this, did this. And it's just a normal part of it and, and normalizing that, that, that it's not perfect. If you're looking up to that leader and thinking, oh, they've got it all figured out, they probably don't. And hopefully they're sharing that and that, that transparency and that vulnerability, yeah. uh, because I think we would see more people jumping at it because they have a heart of taking care of others and a heart of serving others. And if you have that heart and you're willing to, to grow and learn, Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go for it. And yes, there will be failings along the way. A wonderful individual who I've had the, the privilege of, of having as a coach at one point, her name's uh, Kristen Hadid, and she has this uh, amazing book that she wrote called Permission to Screw Up. Mm-hmm. And she talks about all of her learnings as, as she started a company at one point and all the different things that she's done. And it was just a breath of fresh air because she put it out out there for the world to see to say, hey, this didn't happen overnight and I'm still a work in progress. And, uh, you know, I think that that more and more of that is is opening it up. But at the same time, there's there's that other piece of of people seeing these beautiful finished products Mm -hmm. and not knowing the work that it took to get there. And so um, I think that that's why sometimes people are reluctant and hopefully they're able to discover by an individual or by a work that, oh, this was hours and years to get to this. I'm right here in my journey. I can do this and it's okay. So I think it all boils down to leaders as well, sharing more of their journey, letting people know that it's okay to screw up sometimes. It's okay to fail. Because I think if we share more of our journey, tell people the struggles we had to overcome to get where we are, it will also encourage them to push forward and see past through the social media facade and everything. I think it all boils down to leadership, isn't it? Like 
sharing your experience and telling people what it takes to actually succeed in taking out the not sugarcoating it, not sugarcoating the journey, just letting people know it's going to take hard work and you're bound to fail along the way and it's okay. Like failure, it's okay, right? Yes. Yeah. And but let's say, for instance, as a leader and for someone who has been in the position of uh, a talent um, development expert, how do you think we can use to push out our talents, push out our self out there to be of service to other people? How can we do that? Uh, a couple of different ways. And, and I do apologize. I, uh, I, I, I do have a follow-up. I could talk to you all day. This is excellent. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. I do have a follow-up. And so I want to okay. answer this question, follow-up, but, but I'd love to continue to connect. Okay. Um, uh, I think uh, what we can continue to do is, from a talent development perspective is, uh, one, putting out different tools that we've okay. learned to help others and being open with that. And uh, two, what, what we're talking about right here, being open with our failures, being yeah. open with our failures. And again, uh, I think having a, a healthy, what, what I refer to, um, and, and it's not my term, but, uh, but, I, but I use it frequently. And I found that a lot of people haven't uh, heard the term as frequent, but a healthy ego management. Because wow. sometimes we hear that, um, you know, that the ego is... Uh, uh, really bad. And, and uh, it certainly can be, but that ego management that, that sometimes helps us in the moment to say, Hey, I can do this. And at the same time, uh, be okay when we fail and, and own it and say, I need to be accountable to this. Yeah. And so, uh, um, you know, being open to that and, and sharing and sharing in curiosity with others from a, a talent perspective that, uh, when I'm asking someone a question that they feel as though it's coming from a place of helpful intent and not judgment. Uh And, uh, and that, you know, people understand too the, the work and, and meeting them where they're at, that if they're asking, Hey, how can I do this? And realizing, well, if I give them the whole journey, they're probably going to say, Oh, you know, I can't do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But at the same time, if, uh, if we know, okay, they have a desire there, let me give them this for now and, uh, and see where they run with it and let them know I'm available, come back and, and I'd be happy to help. And so from a talent development perspective, um, knowing that each individual's journey is different, knowing yeah. that uh, there's more than one way to do things and uh, being open to flexing with that and, and working to meet people where they're at. Okay, Jared, before you go, I'd like us to talk briefly about your new book, okay? Becoming Peaceful Empowered Leader. So can you just briefly just tell us what the book is all about, the benefits we stand to gain from the book? Yeah, um, the book has been a, a journey and, and a large part over the last two years as I was writing it, but then that mixed in with the 16 years of, of being a an adult educator, uh, uh, organizational and talent development um, leader. Mm-hmm. And it's focused on six key areas of setting and owning our reality, building others up, uh, really looking at how we take the time to invest in others mm-hmm. and uh, truly spending sacred time with ourselves. How do we connect to our values? And ultimately, how do we empower 
ourselves and create that environment. And it's it's a co- written from a coaching perspective okay. uh, that each person is probably going to have a different journey in reading it. It's not a cover to cover read. It's it's built as a I, I always recommend, you know, for people reaching out and, and some of the people that read early drafts to take 30 days and go through doing the exercises, answering the questions, because you're actually putting in the work as you go through the book of some of that transformation. And so really, I wrote it to not be simply information, although I love storytelling. And so uh, there's different stories in there, some some stories that are certainly ones that, that were hard to share at one point of, mm-hmm. wow, I have to be vulnerable here. Wow, some people may judge me here. But that's okay because I think this is really going to help people on their journey. And then going through those questions. And so that's the intent is, is for people to be able to see the questions, go into reflection, go through the exercises and apply it. And they talk about research showing that, you know, a small habit takes about 21 days, but an yeah. actual lifestyle change is about 60 days. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, my hope and intent with it and and from those that I've worked with from a coaching aspect that have applied it and taken the time and discipline to work around it, uh, they've seen it. And so through the book, if you're really investing and embracing it, you're already 30 days into that 60 days to be able to carry on and do the work. And so it's truly a, a journey and exploration of finding your inner peace, because what it may be for you may be different from me, but here are different tools and different exercises to go through to help you get there and uh, get towards that, that mindset of the foundation, which is truly setting and owning your reality. Wow. That's nice. Can't wait to get it. So before we, before I let you go, can you just tell us what lesson have you learned in life so far as an individual and also as a leader? Uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned is um, there's a there's been a lot there's been a lot that I've learned but I would say probably the the, uh, the biggest one is uh, how we view um, time and the importance of that that uh, we can spend or we can invest our time and that is a huge thing I spent a lot of time spending my time meaning I was focused on things that. I'll look back on and while they seem so important in the moment, uh-huh. they were not truly an investment versus the way that I've invested my time with my career, with my family, with uh, my community and, and the different ways that I, I've, I've served that those investments, uh, they just continue to grow, whether it was spending time mentoring an individual who I hadn't heard from in two years and they follow up and say, Hey, guess what's happened. And the enjoyment of knowing that, wow, I was able to connect with that person because one, I invested in myself in a way that would be helpful to them. And two, they were looking for it. They allowed me to help them and make an investment in them in one way or another. And, uh, so often we we're thinking, Oh, I need more time, but really being mindful of, how are we using our time and are we spending or investing it? And, and yes, it's hard sometimes to say no to the spend yeah. uh, to get to the investment, but, but it's a whole different reality for me when I focus on that investment. Wow. Thank you very much, Jared. I really appreciate that conversation. And I hope some other time we'll have more time to spend with each other. 
So thank you very much for taking our time to share your knowledge with me. And like I said, I, it's unfortunate we have to end so early, but I hope going forward we'll have more of this conversation. Yeah, I look forward to it. This is a pleasure and, and thank you so much for uh, connecting and uh, looking forward to continue to connect. Appreciate what you're doing and uh, how you're helping others and uh, what you're doing as a leader. So thank you so much for that. Okay, thank you very much. I wish you a pleasant day, okay? Same to you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And you too. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe and leave a comment. Tell me what you think I should improve on. I look forward to your feedbacks and suggestions. Thank you very much and do have a lovely day.